Well, welcome to episode two of the Ice Team podcast. Uh, here we are at the North Metro Ice Show in Ramsey, Minnesota. I got Drew Aspinall with me. What Many up? of you might know Drew on our social media side of things, but Drew is what I call the Wizard of Oz here at the Ice Team podcast. Wow. Kind of behind the scenes, making this tick, kind of one of his brainchilds. And uh, Drew also does a ton of ice fishing, ton of hunting. He's got the coolest dog. We call Buck. him our mascot, Buck. Buck, yeah. Good guy. Golden Retriever, nine months old. Yeah. I, I wish you could have seen how he woke me up today. Yeah? How'd he, that go? Uh, well, actually, let me go back to yesterday. Yesterday, he climbed in bed and literally pressed his nose against my eye socket, almost like a bingo dauber. <laughs> so that was yesterday. That was a treat. And then this morning, he woke me up by, <laughs> he laid his head on my neck and then was going to puke. Oh, like a hairball. Yeah. So I jumped right out of bed and he proceeded to puke. And then I let him outside and it was all good. But <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to love He's animals. Awesome. <laughs> I've had the privilege of meeting Buck on numerous occasions. And I love it because I've seen Buck since he was a puppy that you could put in your two hands when you yeah. brought him into clown. Put him in a bucket. And now he's how heavy? 71. 71 pounds. Uh-huh. And yep. he's, a, he's got a personality like a human. Yep. He's it's, a good dog. It's very entertaining. So, yeah, like we said, we're at the very first ice fishing show. We're here in Ramsey, Minnesota at Adrenaline Sports Center. Uh, it's cool. So this is day two of this show, and we got to see some of the new products for the first time, engage with the cons- consumers. Uh, it is October only, and these ice shows every year seem to be getting earlier and earlier, and I think that's for good cause. If you follow the trends right now in ice fishing, everything is earlier in terms of the buying world. Yeah. You buy early. If you see something you like, you don't wait it seems to make a lot of sense, but from my perspective, it's been a whole lot of fun to see some familiar faces, uh, talk ice fishing, see some new stuff. I mean, we're, we're familiar with a lot of new stuff, but I'll tell you what, every one of these shows I go to, I see something I've never seen before. Yeah, um, So awesome. there's all kinds of stuff. we got some great guests today. Uh, this should be super fun. Our, our first guest, uh, his name's Jason Jacob. I've known Jason for a long time. I'm going to bring him on here in a second. This is his building, uh, his show. Uh, he's got a really cool story to tell. And it's not in the world of ice fishing. So uh, we bring Jason on. Come on, Jason. Uh, Jason? Jason Jacob here owns the Adrenaline Sports Center. Uh, he, Like I said, if you're going to think about we're going to talk a lot of ice fishing, uh, I probably couldn't have convinced Jason to come on <laughs> if that was the case. So, Jason, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so like I said, Jason, owner of this facility. You know what? It's, it's funny. You know, when we first talked about doing an ice fishing show here, uh, Jason and I were chatting, and, and I'll tell a little bit of the backstory of how I know Jason. It, again, has nothing to do with fishing. Uh, in our first episode, we talked about histories, a little bit about my history, and, and, and Jason Durham, our other host of the show who was doing other podcasts, and, and I mentioned role models in my life in the world of, of coaches and teachers, and Jason was a high school math teacher at Coon Rapids and was my soccer coach. And, and that was how we continue to connect later in life. But at a young age, uh, I, I aspired to look up to Jason on the soccer side of things. So, you know, Jason, thanks for having you, or having you on this show. Um, for starters, you know, I alluded to the fact that you're, you're not an ice angler. Uh, you never would claim to be. I don't think you've been ice fishing. Well, I have, but it probably 35 years ago or so. So nothing in the recent uh, history of, uh, of what I do. So. Yeah. So you're looking at stuff at the show, being the promoter and owner of this venue, going, I don't know what that does. I don't know what that does. You know, you, if you ice fished 35 years ago, I'm going to guess it was probably in a hard house. There's probably some beer consumed. 
there was probably a few fish caught, maybe. And that's your experience of ice fishing. Pretty much a bucket, a hole, and <laughs> you know, school. trying yeah. to just stay warm for uh, an extended period of time so I could at least get something done. Ah, oh, that's crazy. That's a lot of people's first story of ice fishing. But you know yeah. what? You got this awesome venue. Uh, I think it'd be really cool to let people know, how did you get involved in ice fishing, let alone putting on the first ice fishing show for the industry? Maybe you want to tell a little backstory on, on how this building came to fruition. Well, as you mentioned, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm a actually a teacher by trade. That's what I went to school for. Uh, you know, Coon Rapids graduate, taught at Coon Rapids High School, coached at Coon Rapids High School, um, and really did that you know, through my 20s and into my 30s. Um, and then I had the opportunity to leave teaching to work with a guy that was opening up an indoor soccer facility. Uh, so I kind of took a leap of faith, um, leaving a kind of a stable teaching career. Uh, to jump into the indoor sports business. Um, ended up working out where I actually took that business over about four years later, uh, and that was the birth of Adrenaline Sports Center, uh, which was a little 21,000-square-foot facility over in Coon Rapids. Mm-hmm. I remember um, that. And then uh, about four years after I took over ownership of that, we actually were going to lose that space because uh, the business that owned that space needed a back. So that was our driving force behind relocating to Ramsey. Um, I didn't know we were going to go from 21,000 square feet to 56,000 <laughs> square feet. So, again, another little leap of faith that uh, we knew there was demand, we knew there was need. Uh, but it was, a, it was a pretty big jump uh, when we made the, the trip up here to Ramsey and relocated. But the location was great, and like I said, the, the need for indoor field space and court space we knew was there uh but when you triple the size of your square footage uh it's just a lot more time to Mm -hmm. fill um so we opened here in 2018 our core business has always been youth associations and practices for kids and core business from basically november to april when nobody can be outside so we have them inside for their practices and things like that and we knew that was going to be the core of our business uh but adrenaline sits empty for, well, used to sit empty, a uh, pretty good portion from May through really September into October sure. uh, because everybody was back outside. Um, mm-hmm. And you're not going to come inside for practice when you can be outside, especially when you only have so much time you can be outside in Minnesota. Right. Uh, so as we started pursuing things and looking at ways we could fill uh, those six months, we you know, got a phenomenal amount of space with uh, a, a great space uh, to, to host events. So we started doing smaller events, and then that's kind of when we started having the conversation about you know, what other events could we do. And in 2019, we initially started talking about a, a winter show, little ice fishing, little snow skiing, kind of a whole mix of winter things, and kind of quickly became apparent that ice fishing was going to be the driving force. That was the biggest part of our show in 2019, we took that little break in 2020, like most people did with events. Uh, and then, you know, this this came back really, really well in, in 2021. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, it's, it's clearly a great show. Um, pretty much doubled in size from last year to this year. Uh, having Thorn Brothers come on board last year obviously was great. Yep. You know, Clam is a huge supporter and sponsor, and then having Outdoor News involved in Blue 42. Uh, we, we just got a great group of people behind this event. And so now here we are. Uh, I, I spend my time just trying to fill space. And <laughs> November, November 3rd, April is pretty easy, to be real honest, because we have a lot of long-term contracts, a lot of people here that are you know here all winter long. Uh, but we continue to grow this event side of the business, which I'm excited for. It's, it's, it's fun. It's definitely out of my wheelhouse. Like you said, if it wasn't for this, I probably wouldn't have... 
I know a lot more about ice fishing now than I did two years ago <laughs> as I've gotten to meet all the vendors and talk to the people that come through the show and see all the product. And I'm definitely, it's re-intrigued me to, to maybe venture out there this winter and, and take you're a go, shot at You're it going with us. <laughs> we've go. talked, yes. we've, we've teased about this enough. And, and like I said, Jason, no background in fishing, which is fine. He's got a beautiful facility. You know, you, you, I'll tell you what, our team jokes all the time. Well, one, I live in Ramsey. So it's nice. I got a short drive, and we get to stand on turf all weekend at a show, which we love. Uh, but I'll tell you what, you know, a little backstory on, you know, Jason said we, we took a break right during COVID. Uh, dude, you weathered this storm good. I'll tell you what, like, I applaud you. And a lot of our kids, you know, needed places to go and do things. And you, of course, went by all the protocols to be appropriate, right? But we still found ways to get our kids engaged. You know, I mean, I remember there was my kids play football, and uh, we practiced here a couple times during the, that tough run, yeah. right, where we needed a place to practice. And you continued to have that place for us, which was awesome. And I'm, I'm super excited to see this used for, for these type of events because, one, it brings people in, and you, even some of our attendees we know are soccer players yep. that were here, and they're like, oh, there's an ice fishing show? Oh, I'd like to come to that. So it's, it's been kind of a breath of fresh air. Uh, but Jason's modest. Oh, you're pretty modest. He's a heck of a soccer player. So if for anyone out there watching from a sports perspective, you know, we talked in episode one about I went to college, played some sports, this and that. This is the guy here that we feared in our alumni game in high school because he'd show up and just put a hurting on all of us kids all the time. Uh, it was always, uh, oh, Jason's here. This isn't going to be good. We're going to lose by a lot of points. Um, so it's awesome. I'm super happy to see this work out for you. I got a lot of pride in your success because we know each other uh, and we got a long history. I remember when I was seven, eight years old and my dad was going to coaching clinics that you were putting on and he'd pull me out of the audience and say, hey, Matt, come do this drill or something with us. And I thought it was so cool. Uh, uh, Lo and behold, later in life, would I go to high school, play for you, and then we played together for many years after college uh, on, on men's soccer teams. So... And now we, we got brought back together through ice fishing, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, not soccer. It was through ice fishing when you're like, I got this venue. We should put on a show. I'll call Matt. We chatted. And I, I'm just very blessed that that happened for sure. Well, one of the blessings of this facility, especially being a local guy, um, blessing of this, having this facility is, you know, again, guys like Matt that I met when I he was eight years old. Yeah. Now he's here with his kids who are... You know, 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, yeah. Exactly. So, um, and, you know, some other people that I grew up with, you know, seeing their kids come come through and just seeing a lot of people that I taught, coached. Uh, I was club director for a variety of soccer clubs up here, so a lot of connections. So I know a lot of people. Um, but I've kind of hit that point in my life where it's fun to see the generation that I coach and I work with and things like that. They're now coming back around with their kids who are now mm-hmm. playing and being involved in things yep. like with that and uh, kind of seeing that next group of, of people come in. So, um, yeah, I, I truly enjoy what I do. Um, a lot of time, a lot of energy. As you mentioned, COVID was obviously brutal when you when you rent space and you can't have your space open to rent. Right. It makes it a little bit challenging. But we, we knew that's... You know, in some way, shape, or form, we were going to come out on the backside, and probably the biggest driving force for me and my partners uh, of, of weathering that storm was knowing that we do serve, you know, four to five thousand families a year, mm-hmm. and if we didn't weather the storm when people were allowed to come back in and we were allowed to be reopened and, and things like that, 
that if this wasn't here, where were those four to 5,000 people going to go? Absolutely. Because any space like this across the state is full like, like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing up here in the northwest suburbs like this. So, um, so that was a huge driving force behind just making it work. Um, yeah. and, and now we're excited because not only are all of those groups back in, but like I said, our event business is growing. We're growing. And now we have this opportunity to bring a whole another group of people through, whether it's the ice fishing show, the cornhole tournaments we host, um, the craft fairs, the Ramsey Business Expo. We just get a, a lot of different people through here. Um, and we're going to continue to find ways to, to serve our community and, and bring people through the building. I, I will say the location of this place is on par with where you where I believe like the heart of the ice fishing Absolutely. belt is like especially on like the north side of the metro you know you get out of the 94 corridor a little bit I, I just I feel like from when I just got into ice fishing I feel like the northwest side of town maybe it's because it's where I'm from is kind of like the real soul of it and I would agree right on it yep. on highway 10 <laughs> yep yeah it's, it's, it's kind of strange Ramsey I think gets a little lost in the shuffle grand yeah. scheme of things as far as where it is I think people have some misconceptions oh, but West Minnesota they call us Ramtucky yeah Ram-tucky. you know <laughs> kind of out, out here but I mean we're I mean we're 40 minutes from St. Cloud yep. we're 40 yep. minutes from probably like Woodbury or downtown St. Paul You're like 30 minutes um, from Dave Genz's house <laughs> 20 minutes from Clam <laughs> yeah I mean, <laughs> as long as you don't have to go through an oak right now in the construction, yeah. it's super easy to get here. Yeah. yeah. I think you have something very unique here, Jason. Uh, obviously, you're not just the promoter of this show. You own the venue. Uh, it's awesome. I mean, you can't see on the camera the angle we're filming, but this entire two-soccer field arena on this half of his building, it's full right now. We're in the middle yes. of an ice show, so we're filming this during open hours of an ice yes. show, and you can probably hear some of the noise in the background, Absolutely. people having fun. But it's packed. We brought in a lot of people here. This is super fun. Uh, it's awesome, man. Thank you for – I'm happy you reached out to me and said, hey, I got this cool building. We should look <laughs> at a show. Then you called the team at Thorn Brothers, and then it just snowballed. And now this is a substantial event. Uh, this yeah. is really the kickoff ice fishing event, I think, for the season in terms of a sports show. Uh, the crowd's excited. Uh, yesterday was the day one. Man, it was super busy all morning. We had a lot of people excited. You got food trucks, everything going on. So – uh, thank you for putting this together, uh, but yeah, and if you're and if you're a sports fanatic in Northwest Metro, it's definitely a facility you want to check out. And if you play soccer or play lacrosse, you probably already know about it. It's yeah, probably something you've already heard of. So, well, that's always going to be our core business. And like I said, the other fun part is as we look ahead to 2023, we probably have about 14, 15 events already on the schedule for 2023. So, if you're a cornhole player or you like yep. craft fairs or any of that other stuff, yep. uh, hopefully, we have the opportunity to have you through the facility and. Um, and, and come be part of it's a lot of fun it's a Absolutely. lot of fun at two at the end of the day Absolutely. well the, Jason Jacob thanks for coming on Adrenaline Sports Center is where you can learn more about this facility we're at uh, if you happen to be a coach out there looking and saying oh maybe there's an opportunity for my team uh, any other parting words no I just again I, I, I really want to thank uh, you know Matt personally I gave him a little shout out on social media yesterday but uh, he, he has really helped me uh find a lot of the pieces to kind of bring the, this stuff together and um, you know there's a lot of great people involved but uh, Matt's done a great job of just kind of finding a way to connect all the right pieces so we we can do stuff like this and uh, and have a good time over a weekend yeah well thank you so much uh, again first day at the same or the North Metro Ice Show here uh, underway now we're on day two we got Jason Jacob here and uh, 
we're going to keep rocking and rolling. He's got to get but, back. He's probably got five fires he's got to put out. I can't imagine what you have to go through to coordinate a, a complete ice fishing show. So thank you so much. Well, right now it's just I gotta go buy some Gatorade and some uh, Mountain Dew because your kids drank on my Mountain Dew yesterday. <laughs> I just saw That's, one of them running through an ice house. That sounds about right. So uh, I get a break from my kids here for an hour and a half, which is you know, podcast is yeah. like my babysitter. So there you go. Awesome. Thanks, Jason. I, I appreciate it. Thank you very much, yep. too. Yep. Jason. Thanks, right. Jason. You guys have a great day. Yep. Awesome. Like I said, there's Jason Jacob, uh, owner and proprietor of, of this facility and the promoter of this North Metro Ice Show. It's awesome. Again, I. Uh, the timing is How? phenomenal, too, because yeah. next weekend's deer rifle opener in the cities. You know, later November, guys might be ice fishing during the St. Paul show. Absolutely. Like, it just gets busy with stuff. Yeah, know? I've seen pictures on social media in the last week or so of, of stuff coming up, and, and that's a freezing ice, and this little picture, slough has got ice on it. This pond's yep. got ice on it. So it's happening, and you can yeah. see the excitement at this show in their faces when you start talking and it's not just about products yeah uh, my excitement at shows is is teaching right like people are like oh I'm, I'm going bluegill fishing like what are you how are you catching them fish it's great to talk about products and yeah you get deals at shows and things like that but the excitement i'm seeing here is is the excitement for the sport oh my god to go catch walleyes to catch bluegills to cut your first hole on the ice the anticipation it's real yeah absolutely so I mean- yeah, we got we got another set of guests here that we got on this 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 next uh, set of guests is really cool. So they got a product that I'm very confident most of our viewers probably have never seen before, and we're not going to get to probably show it to you uh, on film here. But they're going to talk about it. This is a new partner of ours at Ice Team called Ice Spy, and I'll let them talk about what's going on. I got Ben and Steve here from from Ice Spy in the house. They're going to join us for a little bit. Uh, talk about what they got cooking. They are a vendor at the show, so I, I really appreciate them taking time out of their busy day to engage with all these consumers and eager ice anglers to sit down and chat for a bit. So I'm going to invite Ben and Steve. Come on over, guys. They're, they're waiting in the wing. One of you can, can hop here. One of you can hop over here. I did a very, very brief intro of you guys and just kind of teased the waters uh, with, with Ice Spy's unique our fans probably haven't seen this. Uh, you want to tell them what Ice Spy is and, and maybe tease them a little bit with what this is? Because they're probably going, oh, what is this? Ice, it's new? Tell them about Ice Spy. Sure. Yeah. I'll start out. Again, introduction. This is Steve Weirs uh, with Ben Weirs from Winter Recreation Technologies. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of pull them literally out of a yeah. crowd. It's no, kind of it's a, it's a busy day. They're probably trying to get people engaged in their booth, but... Yeah, go ahead. I spy. I mean, I teased them a little bit. What what can they expect about this? Yeah, I guess um, so. We have a pretty new product to the market. It's called I spy, as you mentioned, and uh, basically the primary objective of this this device is to measure ice thickness and to provide that information to any individual via the internet, yeah. basically. So yeah. you can go online and look at the ice thickness of any particular spot on a lake where this device is placed. Um, so it's really the goal is to help make ice fishing and winter activities more accessible, more safe. Absolutely. Uh, more enjoyable. Right? right. So that was kind of the primary goal behind the invention. Um, but now we're broadening our, our products and stuff like that to really, again, just support that mission to really expand winter recreation. If, and if you're watching or listening, I, I would encourage you to search uh, on your on your Google browser or something for this product so you can see what we're talking about. 
it is truly, truly unique. Drew and I have talked about it a lot in the office. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, super neat it, system. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're listening, it's basically, it, we have one right behind us. It looks yeah. like a big buoy, <laughs> yeah. essentially, with yep. like an inner tube around it. it and yeah. I haven't seen it in action, but I imagine that it just, it floats around. You have it anchored to the bottom of the lake, right? Yep. yep. And then the ice sort of wraps itself around it. And then from there, it gets thicker and... As the ice creeps down lower, it sends signals. Can, Tom, guys, can right? Tom lift that off? That is it heavy? Yeah, I was going to say we could get Tom, it on the video. But, uh, yeah, I guess to li- See if you can lift that thing up and bring it over. I'll have, yeah. oh, here we go. We're going to show you what this is. Yeah, I guess. And to try and explain it to somebody who's not got a visual here. So here, it, here's our here, Vanna Tom. White. It's actually Tom <laughs> yeah, Hain. Right, He's part yeah, of our marketing great. team. Spin yeah. it. Spin it. Make it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's uh, the ice. Yeah, yeah. Basically, it's, it's like a navigation buoy. So you yeah. see, like, no wake buoys and stuff like that a lot in lakes. Um, that's essentially what it's made to look like, uh, you know, um, because people are used to that. You know, it's kind of a warning signal. It's got that yep. safety orange on it, reflective tape, and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, to your point, it's meant to be placed in the water when the water's unfrozen, yep. and it it's anchored to the bottom, and it it'll float there till the ice starts to freeze, and then when the ice freezes, the transducer, the sensors there on the bottom below that buoy, will start to yep. sense ice. That's, and, and that's awesome. Yeah. And so. it's and it's a good theme right now. I mean, we're the here we are the last weekend in October at the first ice show. You know, we just mentioned how people are starting to talk about seeing some ice on lakes, on ponds, on back bays or whatever. And a, a common topic this time of year, which I think should never be overlooked, is obviously ice safety. Yes. And and I know a little bit of the backstory about the ice spy, having talked to you guys multiple times, and that's a big reason for it too. Yeah. Is is the safety element of the sport? It's a pretty safe sport. I think we all can yes. agree. I think I heard a stat one time. Uh, there's more injuries um, in an extreme fashion in ping pong oh <laughs> than God. there is in ice fishing. <laughs> it, it's true. So, yeah. uh, ice fishing is a very safe sport. But maybe you want to talk a little bit on how the ice spy can really help. Whether it's a DNR office, a, a sheriff's office, a resort on Lake of the Woods or Red Lake, um, be more productive on on con- communicating to their consumer and or ice safety. So I think I'll take that one. So what started our whole effort here was this paradox, right? That, you know, the DNR will publish guidelines, you know, on safe ice thickness. But the only way to know how thick the ice is is to go out on the very surface you want to measure and drill a hole yep. and stick a tape measure down. Yep. So... Our thought is we can at least give the situational awareness about how thick it is in that spot because we know no ice is ever 100% safe. And I think we as a sport have to promote, you know, if you're scouting a lake, you want to know where to fish, you should also scout the lake to know where not to go. Right. Right. Right? It's this, again, situational awareness about where are the streams, where are the springs, where should I not go, even though the ice is in one spot there's no guarantee and i think because of that awareness that's why you see so few people actually getting hurt right because you know uh the second thing is you know we in minnesota enjoy this plethora of thick ice but talking to the various pros from throughout the country there's places in ohio and illinois and colorado where the ice will grow to eight inches and it can disappear. Or they're lucky to have or even have ice. Or they're lucky to have ice. Well, here with this tool, 
you have a way to know what's going on in a particular lake without having to go there. Right. right? So yeah. throughout the ice belt, there's... And just to tie into what he was saying there, too, to make it more realistic for people, you know, I think, I think the, the big thing, you talk about scouting lakes, and I think, you know, as the sport grows and stuff like that, ice fishing, you know, for me and passionate ice fishermen, it's that... It's the it's the 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 unknown of a new lake or a new spot or trying something new that really drives and motivates. I think sure. really passionate ice fishermen, yep. right? Yep. Um, so, to your point, Dad, you know, if you go on a new lake, it's those springs or those mm-hmm. little pockets that that you don't really know about, right? You can look at a map, a topographic map, and oh, there's a, a channel that comes in there, so I'll be careful there, right? There's some obvious spots, but there's a lot of places on lakes that you just never know. even know, right? Yeah. And so I think that's where this technology can come really into play is, yeah. you know, as people start to navigate out into new places where they don't know. But it, it, even on lakes that I've been on my whole life and stuff, that, you know, there's spots that change. Uh, pe- yeah. And, th- and that people, even, they, even though they know about, they go in, right? right. So yeah, because they change frequently right. and sure. one year they might be okay and one, you know, one year they might be totally different. But... Um, so I think that that's a that's a big part of right. what drove us to do. The other night I was watching. Have you guys seen the movie The Hurt Locker? I have. Yeah. Where they have yeah. uh, they basically have the guys in Iraq and they're disarming the IED bombs and they always send in the robot first because like we don't you don't need to go there. It right. probably isn't safe. Most likely like, we can send the robot in before we send yeah, the, yeah. the human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same thing for this. Oh, that's yeah. essentially yeah. like you're yeah, sending the robot analogy. out. You're going to know exactly what's happening through the eyes or this ice by the yep. thickness of the ice through right. the robot, and then you can venture right. out. Yeah. Ice by the hurt locker of ice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I like so, that. Yeah. Yeah. Drew might have just came up with something. I, th- I yeah. think we've got it. Yeah. Well, our, our tagline is know before you go. Right. Yep. And, and it, you know, before you're going to take that trip out, do I bring my four-wheeler? Do I bring my wheelhouse? Right. Mm-hmm. What, yeah. What's even practical? Absolutely. Right. And when I first saw this this product, when we were chatting a little bit, I wrapped my head around it. And there's only so much we're going to be able to communicate, obviously, right now to the person watching. Yeah. Uh, they'll have to do a little bit of research on their own. But I initially thought right away of, like, these big resorts on, like, Red Lake and Lake of the Woods that are constantly trying to communicate, oh, we're out a mile, we're out two miles, you know, oh, we just got past Pine Island or whatever right, it might be. Right. Now they have a system like this to where it's very easy for them to determine without sending that person out there, hey, we got six inches of ice a mile out, or better yet, we're now able to drive this far out. It kind of gives that real life information back to this resort. And one of the, another cool thing that I know you can do is once the system's deployed and in position, it'll share that information back to said website. So now I look at it like if I'm looking to go to Lake of the Woods, I might go, hey, I want to go I'm not going to go up there until I can get to this flat or get to this spot. That could be a determination on when I plan my trip. Now I can go onto this website. Uh, if there's an ice spot, let's say in this situation, you can say, oh, sweet, they're dr- they got that much ice. They got this out there. Uh, yep. So a super cool tool. And I know you mentioned a little bit that there's even some DNR starting to get involved. You were talking about yeah. some uh, holding. Uh, holding ponds yeah. and different things like that that are measuring not just ice thickness, but they have to stay at a certain level of depth right I don't know if you want to touch on that briefly as well yeah there's a couple ways we're going with the product uh, you know one of them is adding lake elevation to the measurement because um, there's a lot of situations where lake elevation in minnesota there's only 900 lakes that have lake observers sure. that are reporting lake level 
And there's a lot of reasons to want to know that. When to institute slow, no wake, you know, managing, you know, if a light gets high in phosphorus, they, they have to control the level because they sure. might add a phosphorus filter to it. So there's, so we're adding that. But one other dimension that we've added to ice by is the ability to measure ice and water temperature. And think about this. You know, you know, we're sitting now and the lakes are running 45 to 50 degrees. Well, as you watch that temperature graph go down, you know how ice forms. It's going to get to 39. The lake turns over and then it goes down to 32. So now you have insight even before the ice freezes about the time horizon of of when ice will form. So we're trying to expand that. And then once the ice freezes, I think we can develop models that'll predict how ice, the thick, how thick the ice will get in the future. So do you bet any of your friends on when the ice is going to form? Because you know, like, so you can <laughs> well, see like, oh, we're at we can do 39 degrees. We get yeah. one cold night, no wind. Yeah. Next thing you there. know, you're having beers with your neighbor, talking fishing spots. You're like, I'm going to bet your money that tomorrow we get some ice. And you're thinking in the back of your head, I know we're going to because no, I can tell you. Gonna, yeah. All the people that live around my dad already have lost enough money that they know not <laughs> to bet, bet what the ice thickness uh, is. Yeah. And I think it's funny to jump a little off the ice spy topic. But, again, if you're watching or listening, you definitely need to check this out. It's it's a really unique product. Um, you're going to see a lot more from our camp on some of this stuff coming down the pipeline. Uh, we're going to have it displayed at shows. Come ask our team questions. We'll do our best to answer them. But uh, jumping off of ice spy and talking a little bit of fishing, uh, the world works in mysterious ways, right? And and you approached approached me on the ice team thing about ice spy, and uh, it just makes perfect sense. Well, then I find out that you have watched me fish a few times out your window. <laughs> that we have another strong connection, yeah. be the horseshoe chain yeah. on the fishing side. Now we won't get into fishing spots. We wouldn't no, want to do that. No, we have no, our secrets. No. But I thought it was so cool that you know Steve happens to have a place where I guide. All the time, and unbeknownst to me, until after we formed a relationship, that you were like, right. "Hey, wait a second, I think I've seen your fish house." I'm like, "Yeah, you haven't." And you're like, oh, "I'm pretty certain it's a blue hard check with the UPL logo on this." I'm like, "Can't miss Dang that. it, That's my fish house." Yeah. Uh, and, so it also and, brought and us about together. About fifty on, yards away, I've yeah. got my eight by eight that we've had yeah. there for almost forty years. Right. Like, right. what are the chances of that? Yeah. And, yeah. and that and that's the horseshoe chain. And, and one thing that comes to a lot of people's minds when you think about the horseshoe chain in the winter time is obviously catfish, right? You yep. talk about channel cats and catching through the ice and it just to this day i've been guiding out there for over 20 years i still get customers let's say i'm bass fishing the summer that go wait a second catfish through the ice so i I just had i had a question having being a a resident on the horseshoe chain do is do you like the catfish or don't because i hear all kinds of stories like so when you go out fishing are you chasing cats are you chasing walleyes you chasing panfish how is that species perceived in that Chain of, chain of lakes. Have we internally discussed our position on catfish? <laughs> I don't, I don't think there's we, a right or wrong yeah, way. Yeah, I, no, I hear, I hear it all no, different ways. Yeah, no. But uh, I, that's what I do when I go out there is chase the they're cats. They're fun to catch, but we I don't keep them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you tie it, actually it gets your heart pumping. Oh, I've got a big know, walleye. I've got a 30-inch yeah. walleye on. Yeah. Yeah. And it starts to roll, and you just go, oh, okay, it's catfish. catfish. Yeah. So I'm not negative on it. It's sometimes it's a nuisance because it's consuming the, the bait that I'm supposed to be catching sure. walleyes with. Sure. But, no, it, it's great sport. They're great fighters. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I know there's a lot of people that come to the chain to fish catfish. Yeah, tourists. So it's, yeah, yeah, no. So it's it's an important part of the yeah. of the ecosystem there. Yeah. And you know, I'm on the Lake Association board, and the catfish numbers are actually down. I, I've, I, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah. For the, sure. the size is increasing from the electro fishing, but the but the numbers are down. Yeah, and that yeah. makes sense because I have a lot of friends that live on the chain as well. And, and you always get mixed signals. When I first started going out, I mean, the first time I went on the horseshoe chain was 20-some years ago. And I remember there was very few people targeting catfish through the ice. I mean, they, they were in there. It yeah. wasn't a secret, but yeah. it wasn't really talked about. Uh, and and all the, the call, call them locals that I talked to were just like, ugh, well, you're chasing catfish? And uh, I did it honestly because it was different. Like, yeah. we have our Malax. Like, we have... Now Red Lake, we have lakes that have have walleyes, but not the channel cats like the horseshoe chain does. And but you're spot on. The, the fishing's gotten tougher. Uh, it's a challenging species. There is a lot of cool fish in that lake. I'll tell you what, uh, you're very blessed. Uh, we we did a deal with our female anglers out there this last winter uh, at Clam Outdoors. We brought all of our female pros in town and took them ice fishing, and they, and they wanted to experience the catfish thing. So we did it. We went out there and, and to talk about the walleyes. One of the fattest walleyes I've ever seen through the ice we caught on the horseshoe chain i mean it was what was it drew 26 like a, inch and it had to have been eight or nine was, pounds it was, yeah it was a beast. oh that's a beast yeah i mean Boy, the thing was it barely fit up the hole yeah and oh. it was funny story because brian Lindbergh caught it and we were chatting just before he caught it and we get all all these gals and groups set up to fish and we we're catching a catfish here a little walleye here and i walked over to brian and he had a six inch hole all of us pan fishermen run six-inch holes, right? Yeah. He's got a six-inch hole. I'm like, what are you doing with that? We're chasing catfish. And he's like, and he goes, I'm not worried. I've, I've caught 30-inch walleyes through a six-inch yeah, hole. Right. And I said, but we're chasing catfish. Yeah. But he makes the comment about walleyes, and I'm not kidding you. Not even two minutes later, he sets the hook, and I walk over to help him land. I'm laughing. Yeah. And it's a good fish, and I'm like, I'm going to show him yeah, why go, he bud. should not have had a six-inch right. hole. He pulls that walleye up. No and it comes out, and he looks at me. He goes, "Told you it fit up." I'm like, "What?" <laughs> it's Remember crazy. two years ago when it was actually my first catfish I ever caught on a different lake, and Brian had to drill an extra hole because yep. I was we were fishing out of a six inch hole. Yep. Sitting here like holding this catfish, and I'm like, "I'm gonna lose it." Like it's, <laughs> we're drilling a hole while Next I'm fighting it, yeah. this thing. Yeah. And we get up. It was I don't know, maybe like a. Eight nine pounder. Yeah. Like it was a nice catfish, yeah. but, but they they flick out the yeah what are they're, they're, the pokers. Yeah. They come out and they get stuck. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, eight inch holes all the way. I've even had them get stuck in an eight inch hole on your body of water, big ones. Yeah. But yeah, it was. I just thought it was funny tying walleyes in where Brian's like, "Well, I've gotten 30 I'm like, "You're not going to catch a thirty inch walleye." You know, we're going catfishing, and even a four pounder is going right. to get stuck oh. in a six. And there he does. He catches it's an absolute You're jigging freak a minnowhead on a spoon. You never and, know. Uh, That's the cool part I think about the chain is that. The diversity in the ecosystem that you can be walleye fishing and you catch a giant catfish. Oh, there's yeah. crappies, walleyes, right. catfish. Muskies now? There's oh, mus- yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's muskies in so there. So muskie yeah. fishing this year has kind of lit up. There's been some local success stories. Sure. And no, no, no. Yeah. There's not many in there. No, there's not you. many it's, in there. Yeah. But <laughs> but that but you see in front of my place. Ben said mute Steve's mic. Yeah, right. mute Steve's mic. <laughs> High 40, 50 inch muskies are coming yeah. out of that lake. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, it, I don't know from what I've understood, not to get too off topic, talking to my musky head buddies, it's still not the body of water they're probably going to go to on a Saturday if they want to go musky yeah. fishing. There's just not enough in them to make it. So yeah. they, they tend to lean towards, you know, that in a town of Sugar Lake or oh, going right. to Minnetonka yeah. right. or White Bear. Because right. 
you know, I, I mean, I'm on the horse chain a lot. I mean, you may spend days not seeing a musket. Right, right. So it's not quite there yet. I think that is the goal at some point to make it an option for the west end of town. But for everyone listening out there, we're, we're not sharing any hot secret because – you're going to have a better success probably going to another lake to yeah. try to yeah. catch a no, muskie. But, right. but so the irony in all of this is going back to the conversation about the catfish and stuff like that. So the, the history of that fishery, the, the catfish and why a lot of people don't like them locally is because they kind of came in and took over. And sure. It seemingly affected the other species, right, like walleye fishing and stuff like that. So people really started to get a bad taste in their mouth. Sure. But other people that came and wanted to target those fish, I mean, it was an unbelievable fishery for catfish, right? And then for they sure. introduced muskies to try and get rid of the catfish because the catfish were basically overrunning everything. And now the muskies are kind of taken off, and the catfish, are, I think, are even and out. But, but again, it, it shows you the complexities of, of an ecosystem, a body right, of yeah. water, right? And, and I think that's, again, why iSpy and some of the added technologies that we're creating are are so exciting because we can start to monitor these bodies of water in ways that we never could before to try and understand these things better, right? Right. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite things about the horseshoe chain and catfish is they are, like, bigger than average fish that most people catch Mm -hmm. ice fishing. Like, you can go crappie fishing, bluegill fishing, you might catch a trophy, a 15-inch crappie, and it's a quarter the size of a catfish. Like, yeah, right. if you want to fish, like, even we have a fish simulator right behind us. Yeah, right. First things Matt, Matt's kids went for was the lake trout. Of course. You know, like, people want to catch Fight something like a big. Mule. Yeah, like, right. when yeah. you're, like, holding your ice rod and, like, you're like, I can't do anything. Like, I just got to wait for this thing to tire out. That's yeah. pretty fun. You versus get a four-pound catfish on an ice rod and... It's oh, pretty like, intense. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they taste. I mean, I'm not... Yeah. I don't keep a ton of fish to eat, to be honest. I like to eat fish. My fa- a lot of my family does it, so yeah. a lot of times I don't. But these catfish, especially in the winter time, oh, that's a good time. It's yeah. my one of my favorite things. In the summer, you could take it or leave it. So most yeah. people's experience eating the catfish is probably a farm raised catfish, warm water, right. Right. whatever, whatever. You got to cook it right, or it tastes gamey, or it tastes fishy, which I always think so weird. It tastes fishy. <laughs> You're eating. Fi- Everyone yeah. always yeah. says that, even on walleye, it tastes kind of fishy. I'm like, it's a fish, but in the <laughs> no. winter time. On catfish, they're they're marvelous. They, they taste yep. really good, and I think that's one of the draws. Is is you see, I see a lot of people that go out there. Yeah, they want to have the fight. They want to have the challenge. Because I'll tell you what, the catfishing thing is not as easy as it was five years ago on right. the horseshoe chain, yeah. where you used to go out there and catch a lot of them. You work very hard. In fact, some of the other guides I know on that body of water are going to pull off the lake on the catfish side because they're like it's just too complicated to stay on these fish and show our clients a good time, you know, but so there's a challenge element too, but they are, they're, they're tasty. Mm -hmm. I mean, I like it, but I think that is part of the draw is people have seen how good they taste and, and they want to have a couple of them to take home. Uh, So it's, it is a special fishery for sure. Well, and to expand on episode one of the podcast, you were talking about eel pout. Yeah. Now to me, eel pout is a four letter word, right? (laughs) But listening to that podcast, you kind of get a different perspective yeah. on yeah. some of these fish yeah, right. and how much fun they can be to ca- yeah. catch and yep. how good they taste. Yeah. I didn't even know you could eat an eel pot oh, until I God. listened to that. But I didn't. Yeah, they're no, so good. No. So, you know, and speaking of which, the chain, there's a catfish festival on mm-hmm. February 11th. Yep. So, yeah. we're you know, people are starting to embrace these fish that yeah. were otherwise rejected. And don't right? they win, like... Three thousand yeah, dollars? No, it's going right. to be a big deal. Right. Yeah. Call, shout out to Chris Schreifels. 
he wanted i know chris pretty well yeah uh, he was one of the people that actually introduced me to the horseshoe chain right. 23 four ish years ago and i know he's the one that won that catfish tournament he's an absolute hammer so chris is probably not watching this he's probably doing construction work but uh i'm pretty sure he won that and, I, and I, he told me he's like yeah i'm like well, what'd you win like i don't know like i figured there was some kind of tchotchke prize yeah, you know, yeah right. give, three thousand dollars i'm like yeah. what he's like yeah i won three thousand dollars i'm like i'm gonna have to enter this catfish tournament next year yeah that's but, right uh, it is a super cool cool fishery i just thought it was really funny how that tied us together right, like, yeah, even yeah. more so uh to where uh we had more synergies than we thought other outside of the ice team partnership is that you guys got this place on one of my favorite chain of lakes. Yeah, so little, little did you know, we we're, you know, my dad was sitting spying on inventing this product. Fishing yeah. spies yeah. from yeah. your cabin. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and I probably, chain. yeah, I probably had holes drilled in the ice with a bunch of test probes yeah. while you were yeah. out there fishing. Yeah. And the chain talking about unique ice, that is, I yeah. would say it has the most unique ice of any system I'm on all right. winter because it's a river system. Exactly. And, and, uh, to touch a little bit on ice safety as we start looking at people jumping out of the ice here in the coming weeks when you're talking about a river system especially where there's current the unknown is escalated every day uh yeah. and it's and, it, and if i'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute to talk ice safety for anyone listening or watching uh y- you take all the caution in the world and i have always told this to my kids who my oldest is now starting to venture out on the ice with his buddies i may not be there it's always always a situation in any way, shape, or form, where if you ever have to go, hmm, I wonder, you don't, you don't do it. Yeah. It's one of those right. things where if you have to stand at the edge of the ice and go, I think I'll be okay. You know, yeah. I've always been of the mindset you just, you just hold off or you do all the necessary precaution. But getting back to a river system that I've seen in the horseshoe chain, you know, you're going to have parts of that lake where you're driving trucks. Right. You're going right. to have 30 inches of ice like any lake you've been on, but you may turn around the next corner where there's current and you could possibly fall through on foot. Yeah. So if I'm going to just talk a little bit of my dad in me, uh, it's funny when listening. Can, I'm, you tell, I'm, can you tell a story about Ben and your pool quick? Oh yeah. Ben, my youngest or my middle boy. This is good. I see. He's the smartest. Yeah, right. He's the smartest in my family in terms of kids progression, right? He's brilliant. He's great. We got a new pool. We got above ground pool, four foot pool, whatever. It got a tiny little skim of ice, and Ben yeah. thought, oh, I can go out there on that. Did not go that well. <laughs> got a little wet. Yeah, yeah, broke through. Imagine. And just because sometimes the brain doesn't always think properly. You see salt there, ice. You see no water. And instantly you might think, I can walk on that. Ben's here right now. You can ask him how that went. Yeah, it did right. not go too well. Um, but it's always one of those things where we talked a little bit about, we've talked about homework. Drew and I, hit, we hit on that hard. Do your homework, plan, prepare, yeah. know what you're getting yeah. into, um, make a phone call. Uh, there's bait shops and there's gas right. stations very close to, let's say, the horseshoe chain, much like any body of water, that have a finger on the pulse that you can call and say, hey, I'm coming to said lake. Anything I should want. They may say, you know what? That entire West Bay just froze up last week. Right. It's not safe. <clears throat> it may look beautiful and there might be an inch of snow. I'm telling you, it's not safe. So. Um, use your network, do some homework, do yeah. some planning. I think it yeah. goes a long way. Right. Yeah. And then to that point, I mean, there's a bay that you can drive by uh, on the chain that, that freezes up first every year. And it's probably got two, three inches on it before the bay Steve's on. And that one's wide open. Right. And the other one's been yeah. frozen for two weeks, you know. So oh. like you said, you could think, oh, I'm, 
you're good to go, right? But how how well does it work in current situations? Like if you gain ice, obviously it's gonna trigger your yeah. your sensor down. If you recede ice, can you still see what's going on there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It'll yeah, if the ice grows an inch or reduces an inch, the unit will measure. I'm yeah. thinking of when we were up in uh, the Apostles, that's where we were, right? Apostle Island, yep. Yeah, and, Schwamigan Bay. Yeah, Schwamigan. And the ice was just, I mean, it was like the scariest ice I've ever been on. And it was like completely normal for Tommy Hicks. <laughs> Guy's crazy. But normal, uh, Normal's, I love you, Tommy, but normal's a relative term. Yeah, yeah and I'm like, this is, like, you had to, like, angle your transducer. And yeah. I'm like, there's, like, we're on, like, three to four, maybe a little less in some spots. I'm like, this is crazy. But, yeah. like. The goal was to like try to get out kind of as far as you could. Yeah. You know, like if you had, let's say, a couple ice spies on the way out, at least right. you know, yeah. you know, every fifty yards or whatever. Yeah. And you'd know up to date. Right. Because that ice changes like like yeah. a, a freighter could come through and you know bust everything up. Right. <laughs> right. And it was just normal. And we're out there on snow dogs. We're out there ripping around. I remember going out there, and and then the, one of the cool things about a snow dog is it disperses the weight, right. so it can right. go on thinner ice. Yeah. But to Tommy, it was just second nature. You know, yeah. but yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I it's could crazy. see it for pe- like these industries that use trucks to like move stuff. Like last oh, year, yeah, they had yeah. the or two years ago up to the northwest angle, right? They had the giant road. Like mm-hmm. that could ice by if you have them things laid out all across Lake of the Woods or something. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, right. we have this. Uh, we have, we have this tradition. You know, the kids will come up to my place and we'll have Thanksgiving dinner. Well, after dinner's done, what do we do? We go out ice fishing yeah. out in the bay. Mandatory. Yeah. That's right. So now we'll have, we can look at our phones and convince our wives that it's safe to do it. Whereas right. before, they're like, you're not going out there. Yeah. Oh, you know, but yeah. now we'll know, yeah. right? Well, right. how old is your Ben? Uh, my Ben is uh, 11. Okay. Uh, so I'm Ben too, yeah. for everybody that doesn't know that. And I'm, I'm in my early 30s now, yeah. not to disclose my age, but, uh, but. Your eleven-year-old Ben, I, I'm, I'm, you know, twenty-some years older, and I'm still probably as, as, I'll call it stupid, uh, <laughs> when it comes to my, uh, my trust in ice. Because just last year, I was, and and this has probably been a tradition, honestly, almost every year with me and my brothers and stuff. But just last year, I was, I guarantee, the last person out on the chain of lakes with a boat because the night I was out fishing, I was chiseling through ice to get to the spot. And it would all freeze up around me, and I had to chisel my way back. And by the time I got back, the whole bay that we were on, which is one of the last to freeze, was frozen up, right? Yeah. So, and that that's usually a, quite a tradition for us is to try and be that last person on. And then, and then you know, that first person out as soon as you can be, right? Like a day or two or three or however many later, right? And, and you're looking at one inch of ice or an inch and a half ice and... It's crystal clear, right? And you can, it almost looks like you're walking on water. You know? and, and you're chasing walleyes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, on the bay that your dad's on? I'm yeah. just putting the pieces together. Yeah, quick right, and <laughs> right, right at that point. Yeah. You know I know this spot. Yeah. 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 No, and, and that time of year, you can just hammer them. I mean, yeah. like, you put it down and pull them up kind of thing, you know? And it's, it's unlike that most other times of the year. So as a passionate fisherman, you're like, I, it's just burning you, you know? And it's just, but but to not know how thick that ice is, and you go 300 yards out, and in three different three different spots, it could be different. Yeah. Right? What What's the craziest thing you guys have seen when you've you know sampled ice and everything? Like have you, like people talk about like you know carp making circles and messing up the ice, <laughs> yeah. and like obviously springs and current. Has there been anything that you guys have just been blown away by? 
So if you go on Horseshoe, you know where the where the where the river comes in, mm-hmm. the Sauk River. There's a flats, and then it drops off to thirty feet. There's a methane vent. Yeah, yeah. There. Yeah, we call it the meth hole. The yeah, yeah. and it literally is a like, methane vent. Yeah, and it will be you know. I don't know, four to six inches thick. Yeah, middle of winter. It yeah, won't be. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen open water, yeah. but, you know, we right. all know where it is. It's not very big, but there's a methane vent. And it's crazy because I've seen where people can drive their trucks within 10 feet of it. Right. And their trucks on 25, 30 inches of ice. Yep. Right. And and some usually people will mark it. Um, they'll see see where it is. But, yeah, you know, it's crazy what lakes can do. And it's it's always kind of in the, it's the same spot. Yes. It comes out of the same spot, yep. uh, and it's kind of infamous for that chain. I feel like when people talk about catfish, they go, oh, you caught them by the meth hole. That seems to be the most <laughs> common term referenced, and there are a lot of cats in that area. It's probably where yeah. the majority of them winter. Yeah. But I'll tell you, it's also probably where the majority of them are the toughest to catch. Yeah, they get used they're, to They're finicky. Fish yeah, they get yeah. a lot of pressure. But, yeah, that meth hole, I remember years ago, would they'd mark it. But we'd set up next to it thinking that was the spot we had to be at. And you could still go there and catch some. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, yeah, that's an infam- infamous spot on the horseshoe chain. Right. The meth right. hole, they call it. Yeah. And, uh, the, and the locals all know about it. You call Channel Marine, the bait shop. They yep. tell you where it is. Yeah. So it, right. it's pretty well known. Yeah. yeah. So every lake probably has some anomaly like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. But, no, guys, I mean, we thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're busy, so, you know, both these guys are taking time away from the booth. We're during a sports show. This is an after hours, uh, so thank you so much. Anything else you want to hit on before you guys probably have to get back to real work? No, just we appreciate the opportunity to par- be part of ICE Team. Yeah. And we, I think our business and, and what we're doing fits in with the educational aspects of Yes. It. I think raising the awareness of ICE safety providing data for research just to know more about how lakes freeze, why they freeze, are there any long-term trends? Sure. I think iSpy and that technology can contribute a lot. So the synergy of working with CLAM and, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think it, it's it's a very good partnership and, and we just are We're very, very thankful yeah. to yeah. be part of it. So now if somebody wants to see, we, we kind of teased them about these units Maybe direct them quickly on where they could go right now to see some of these. I know you have some in action live on your website showing some of the stats. Other than the horseshoe chain. Yeah. Where, where, so where, should, where would you want to send them, to our listeners or our viewers? Oh, we've, well, we've got a website, www.winrectech.com. So you find us on the Internet. And then, you know, if you're curious, email me. I can send you a link okay. to a unit. You can, you know, it's a... Uh, portal, you know, I yep. can share the link with you if you want to see the unit in action. Um, and, and it's the unit in front of my place, right? Sure. So you'll see now you'll see the water getting colder, you know, so it's very valuable. I actually, uh, and it, that link's on our Lake Association webpage. Sure. So I'm comfortable sharing it. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, so it's just shoot me an email. And I'll, yeah. Because yeah, you may I have somebody that's wondering, they may even be thinking right now, I could utilize that technology. I may, I, we may have a resort owner right now yeah. watching this or listening to this podcast. Um, so th- there might be advantageous for them to reach out to you to at least ask some questions and understand more of what this thing can do. 
and yeah, I, uh, I, just to make touch on safer. that, though, yeah. I, so generally, when when somebody purchases one of these, they own the information, right? Mm-hmm. So if if we sell a unit to somebody, it's not like we just publicize all the data and allow mm-hmm. whoever to go out and look at that, right? So generally, we can't just start sharing links to other people's sure. devices, but we do have information Public that we can units. share, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, Got it. So if yeah, if people are interested in just seeing what it's all about, we can we can share whatever yeah. we. Yeah. Uh, with people, but um, to to your point, right now, I mean, people can go out and buy them, and if you've got, uh, if there's people listening that have an application in mind or uh, a resort that they go to or that they own one or whatever it may be, we are actively working with folks, uh, you know, similar to that, uh, sure. to put these in the water all over the state and stuff like awesome. that. Awesome. So. And come check it out. We'll have it in the ice team booth at all the shows this season. Yep. So if you yep. want to actually see what our lovely Tom was holding up come ask some questions of one of us and we're, yeah. we're fairly dangerous we know enough to get to get by and <laughs> yeah. teach him what needs to be done but check these guys out if you haven't and uh it's yeah. been awesome having you no having you on board it. already yeah, i thanks, should get guys. i should get one install we're planning on doing so it's the tournament that mike howe's running up oh, at yeah. elbow yep. lake oh sure so he's got the north america ice, ice fishing yeah. championship on elbow lake it's December seventeenth. Our plan is to deploy a unit here oh, in the next sweet. Uh, yeah, five one. to ten days. Yeah. Um, well, here's the use case: Mike's in Montana. His tournament's in Minnesota, right? Okay, <laughs> yeah. enough said. Yeah, yeah. yeah. NFC so doing big things. That's their championship up there. So, right. yeah, right. I'm sure he'll love to be able to be wherever he's at because Mike seems to be all over the country and be able to check in and be like, "Good." Because what's the number one question he's going to get asked? Probably the three weeks leading up. How's yeah. the ice? Yeah. How's Can we come look? fish it? Can we get, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So then he'll be able to determine some of that stuff right. from afar. So, uh, so awesome. Thanks so much yeah, for coming for on sure. the show, guys. I yeah, know you're busy. No, no, we Thank you so much, it, yeah. man. I know you yeah. guys are slammed. Appreciate taking yeah, the time through, out of it. Yeah. Um, Thanks. We are going to go ice fishing on the horseshoe chain this year. 100%. Sure. I will take you to catch a catfish. You can scowl. <laughs> you take me to catch a walleye, and yeah, then we'll right. smile. Yeah. How's that sound? All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Awesome. So there's Steve and Ben uh, from, from Ice Spy, uh, super cool product. I'll tell you what, when, when we first got introduced to this, I was as confused as anybody trying to figure out exactly what it was. Um, then they gave me their entire spiel and, and rundown on it, and it makes such perfect sense, and I see it being a tool yes. for so many it, different people and it organizations. It doesn't replace your spud bar or right. your float suit or your ice picks, but it's just a different way to measure ice, right? Right. Like, I'm... If it's, you know, if we have ice in November, I'm probably still going to have all my other ice safety components, tools, throw ropes, all that stuff. But if there's an ice spy, you know, maybe a, a couple hundred yards offshore, mile out, at least you know at that point you might have a safe amount of ice. Right. It's a different way to measure ice. Right. It's a super cool product. And I love how they tie in. There's a bunch more stories they didn't share. Uh, they probably have tons uh, where they're working with different DNR and sheriff office too at some of these more pronounced public accesses to where they know there's a lot of traffic going out of let's say this access or that access that i'm seeing some of these organizations step up so they can provide this information uh because i've seen it believe it or not i've seen it before where there's trucks that let's say end up putting their truck in the water 20 feet offshore right yeah and then you you've heard stories of when they have conversations with said truck driver what were you thinking and and it's, you're not always dealing with somebody that's ignorant. They just don't know. They just go, well, it's the first week of January. I always drive out the first week. Well, this year's different, man. We didn't have ice. It's three weeks late. So yep. some of these systems and tools that they're developing and they're on the forefront of 
allow us to do this safer. Yes. So to me, that's super cool. Yep. Um, this show, though, I mean, I'll tell you what. Know, it's getting kind of busy yeah, here. Yeah. If you can hear people in the background, it's because there are people in the background. Right, right. If we spun this camera around, you'd see people literally yeah. right here looking at gear in the ice team section, talking, yep. getting excited about fishing. And I got a chance to walk the venue a little bit yesterday. Again, we're at the North Metro Ice Show in Ramsey, Minnesota. It's the kickoff ice fishing show of the season. Uh, we're sitting inside the ice team booth. Um, but I'm looking at kids trying to catch fish in a trout pond. I did that too. Speaking of which, <laughs> what do they do with all those trout when they're done here? So I asked Joe I that no question. Yeah. There's actually a trout supplier that I'm guessing has a license or permit or whatever that will come back and pick up what they can and try to repurpose them the best okay. they can. So it's so not just a free-for-all? Yeah. It's no. not a shore lunch. No, uh, it's <laughs> happened. It's happened to where some of these fish end up going home with people, but sure. they try to preserve them the best they can. These trout are fairly resilient. Uh, yeah. They get caught pretty good. I, I know I watched no less than 50 of these trout get caught yesterday. Well, there's two pumps going nonstop. That's part yeah. of the background noise right now, if you can hear it. It's yep. a trout pond literally getting recirculated water. It's not a big pond. It's yep. more mostly like it's like the pool that 12, Ben fell 12 into. 12 by 12 is what he said. Yeah, and there's got to be 100 fish in oh, there. Oh, yeah, and they're catching them. I mean, I, I know just in the hour we've been talking, I've seen at least three or four caught right here in front of me. Yes. Where yesterday it was pretty common. So I, uh-huh. I thought to myself, and I didn't do it this morning, I'm going to get there early tomorrow and catch that big one. And I didn't, but I wonder, I just wonder if they have that same type of instinct, if they're inside a trout pond, inside a building that haven't eaten all night that at a certain time they feed or not, but who knows? Have you fished the trout ponds before? Oh yeah. I fished one in college and the first day when they stocked them, it was like you could catch your five trout or whatever it was in 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. By day two and day three, it was a grind. Yep. Like they they wise up. Yep. And the lines these these stocked they we could call them put and take trout ponds. So they stock all of these trout a week or two before opener, which is usually what the second or third weekend in January. Yep. yep. But don't quote me on that. Something around there. They stock them just prior to that. So these fish have been I don't want to say like starved, but they've been you know they they're basically were grown in a pond, sure. pellet fed. They don't know any better. You put them out in the wild, call it a trout lake, a designated trout water. The second they open up these doors for these hundreds of cars lined up, you've seen the pictures on Facebook and social media. It is ridiculous. Somebody and everyone's catching their limit. They get their five fish and they move on. I've heard, I heard one time that they predicted that upwards of 80% of the trout in that body of water are taken out that day. Really? 80%. So when you talk about day two, it becoming more difficult it may not be because these fish are well, cultured or pressured. They might be gone. <laughs> I when The one I was fishing was in the, it was an open water deal. Okay. And I think the ponds, they were, there had to be so many minnows and insects in those ponds. You know, when you introduce a thousand trout into a one acre pond, like they are just gorging themselves. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, you take out half of them and they get... They, they, they wise up quick. <laughs> and, and all the ones we have here are rainbow trout, and that's the majority of the ones you catch. But I know on some of the ponds I fish, um, whether it be a Square Lake or Courthouse or Sinanko Lake in the Coonapas Dam Regional Park, whatever, there's a bunch of them out there. I know most of them are rainbows, but what I know they've done is they've stocked a handful of browns. Usually they're big. Big. Big yep. ones. Uh, I've even heard rumors of a small assortment of lake trout in some of these ponds and bodies How of water and deeper water. You know, wow. so you have an opportunity to catch something else. But one little tip. This is one thing I've noticed, and maybe I shouldn't be saying this on a podcast. 
is these same ponds that have these trout produce some of the biggest crappies and bluegills and other game fish that it would blow your mind, but they don't get the attention because they're designated trout ponds. Uh, you can't target some of these fish or even use certain baits or applications on these bodies of water. Some ponds have closed seasons even to where I think some of these other fish are protected. You know, I've seen some giant crappies come out of these trout ponds, real big crappies, not to tip anyone's hat. Real big crappies come out of these trout ponds uh, and pike and Something's really big pike. So uh, it all makes sense. When you think about what fish feed on, some of the, the this ecosystems that exist, yep. uh, it makes makes sense there on that. Um, so I'm pumped up. I mean, I, maybe, I, I maybe we need to go trout fishing this year. Just go shoulder like to. to shoulder, full combat mode on courthouse, uh, and yeah, that sounds <laughs> kind of fun. I mean, maybe the weekend after, and we try to catch. Let's the do it. Let's film a podcast right in the middle of that. Oh, I, the pitchers! If you're watching, listening, you know what I'm talking about. If you've seen it, and these are a lot of these pitchers that are almost unbelievable. There are hundreds of flip over fish houses almost touching each other. Yes, it is insane. It looks like this it does it looks like a sports show uh, and everyone's trying to catch a fish yes and and this crazy thing drew is that they're catching them it's not like they're all sitting they're catching them they're biting they're catching these fish because these fish don't know any better uh it's it's crazy it's been years since i've done that opener but i know like you heard ben talk to from ice spy about tradition being the last one on the ice i know the trout openers tradition to a lot of people absolutely people go out there and they plan it but I'll tell you what, I'm, I've been super excited to get back into the sports show world of things. Uh, we're going to do some of these podcasts at additional shows. You'll see this table and things set up uh, at other shows in the future. I'm um, just kind of take, bring in the ambiance, bring on some cool guests, uh, try to get some, some different angles into this this podcast and get some cool questions. I mean, the ice spy thing to me, I'm like, I'm thinking about ideas. I'm like, you know, it's one thing to talk about products. Uh, and I know we really push that that's not going to be what this is about. But Ice Spy, no. it's not about a product, in my opinion. That really wasn't. It, it's about ice safety, safety. Um, technology that helps us do this sport more efficiently and safer that I thought we got to have have this these guys on. And Absolutely. I kind of cherry-picked them just a hair because I knew I'd be able to tie in the horseshoe chain. It's near and dear to my heart. Uh, cool body of water to yep. fish. But I'll tell you what, if you get a chance to see Ben or Steve at a show or an event, wealth of knowledge i mean these guys don't just produce uh, the ice spy safety technology they're fishing all the time and i think that's uh, one of the cool things about this industry i've met so many great people that are involved with different brands we were talking about that, that the fish. other day everyone fishes yeah. everyone in this building fishes it's insane and, and the tie-in to hunting and fishing and sports and fishing and all of the above in this facility and and we talked to jason about uh, his background in sports, and this is a sports complex. It's the Adrenaline Sports Center. Yep. There's a huge tie-in to fishing, ice fishing, and, and sports, and it's growing. And uh, the kids' aspect, booming. I mean, we got how many seven or eight of our youth pro staff running around right now yeah, teaching and educating? Watched a kid with a whole bag of goodies walk that way. Now he's getting line on his reel from oh, yeah. Tony. Getting <laughs> spooled up, so... It is, it is happening, yeah. and, and I'm excited. I need to still walk the show a little bit. There's some things I haven't seen. I got a chance to check some stuff out uh, yesterday, some really neat stuff. And I think one of the cool things about sports shows, one of the many things, is obviously you can come and talk to the ice fishing 
uh, call them players, right? Some of the, maybe the larger companies you see more that are prominent. But I think one of the coolest things about a, a sports show, at least from, from my perspective, is checking out some of these smaller 10 by 10 booths that we've nev- never seen. There's, no, I know at least 20 vendors at this show, maybe more, that just in passing, I'm like, I've never even seen this. I've never seen this uh, trinket for a fish house or maybe a new lure or this new concept or a, a tool to do something different that we've never envisioned. Yep. Uh, to me, that's one of the biggest draws uh, to sports shows is just seeing some of those things you can't see maybe at a store. No, everyone does it online, social media, but once you're here in the environment, you get the product in your hand, you know, you, you tinker with it, it's a different feeling. Yep, and then tricking out your gear. I mean, I know just here we're looking at a tricked-out snow dog. We brought a tricked-out uh, ATV, um, different ways to do things. And then there's the conversations. How was the tricked-out uh, fish house? It was yesterday? pretty cool. So part of the, the idea behind this show is modified fish houses. So a little backstory on this show. So 20-plus years ago, I started an event in St. Cloud, Minnesota, and it was to modify your fish house. There was a website called fishingminnesota.com. Facebook didn't exist. Heck, we didn't even have anything cool on our phones other than Snake, which you probably might not even know about. It was a monochrome game. I couldn't text people images or do videos or go on any kind of cool apps. We just had cell phones, and they did exactly what it sounds like. You could call somebody. That was about it. So when we'd get together and do these these little events, we didn't have all the cool trinkets you have now. So we would go to Menards or Home Depot, and we would buy things to trick out our fish houses. So I thought to myself, this was a long time ago. Let's get together and show off what we've done. So I created an event called the Portable Modification Get-Together. And we went to a little park in St. Cloud. Actually, uh, I think it was uh, a weight park just north of St. Cloud, a little regional park. And we had about 40 people show up. And we showed off all the things we've done to our fish traps. Wood boards, carpet, uh, um, maybe a, a makeshift light that we rigged up or whatever it might be. And that's what birthed the portable modification get-together. Well, fast forward, I started working at Thorn Brothers. I brought that event with me to Thorn Brothers. Then I left Thorn Brothers, started working at Clam and Ice Team, and left the event there. Well, it's made its way all the way to the North Metro Ice Show. It's come full circle. It's come full circle 20 years Thorn Brothers is the presenting They uh, are the presenting sponsor. sponsor. Show too. And yesterday we had, I don't know, there was a dozen or 20 modified fish houses, chairs, different systems for ice fishing, and they actually judge the winners to come with $300 gift card to Clam. Oh, wow. Um, so they bring all their modifi- modifications, uh, which is super neat. So we actually had a good attendance yesterday just to yep. check out the modified fish houses. It is pretty, pretty cool amazing deal. how far and above and beyond guys go to trick out their fish oh. houses. Hub houses, you know, flip overs, it's amazing. Guys tinker all summer long. Yep. And just to be more efficient on the ice. <laughs> and the guy that won yesterday, Paul, I know Paul well. He was at the very first event in that park in St. Cloud, and he's been to every single one. He won the contest yesterday, and he was telling me yesterday, and, and, and I can I can quote this because he told me, it's a flip-over fish house, right? So you're yep. talking flip-over. This isn't an ice castle. This isn't a wheelhouse. This is a flip-over it's house. canvas. He has $6,000 into it. Oh, my God. And if you saw this, if you were here, if you saw it, Drew, what? he's got TV. He was watching sports inside an enclosed building. I think we need it's to talk amazing. to Paul. We need to get him to make us a house where we can have these microphones, oh. you know, so we're actually fishing when we're on I, the I'd like house, that. you yeah. know, inside warm. Yeah, That'd it be was awesome. wicked. And he's pulls it with an, a four-wheeler. He sleeps in it. It's got all the bells and whistles. It is. He's so proud of it. And he's one of many that do that stuff. So there is an actual page I know on Facebook. I think it's called, like, Trick Your Trap. Trick Your Trap, 
and it's got insane amount of views. So yes. it's that's not a lost art. It's kind of fun. And and one cool thing I know at Clam that we've done that we've pushed for is we've created products to trick your trap to make it easier for you. So you don't have to go to Menards and hopefully not electrocute yourself as you try to build something yep, in your yep, garage, for sure. uh, which we've all done. So yeah, first show is is underway here. Uh, in Ramsey, and there's many more shows. We're going to do podcasts, like I said. I know at uh, uh, Sioux Falls here coming up in a couple weeks. Yep. Uh, we're looking at St. Paul. There's going to be many other venues we do this stuff at. Uh, so if you happen to see us at one of these shows, come over, say hi. Uh, you know, we're okay. Come over and pat yep. us on the back. And we give have us Jason a fist bump. Durham. Jason Durham's doing shows all around. over the place. Yep. He told us he's got some cool. You know, Jason made an appearance here yesterday. Did he really? He was dressed as an avocado. No, he was. I mean, I believe it. I he 100% believe it. He showed up to the show. Halloween costume. in an inflatable avocado. He calls me and he's like, hey, Matt, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm at the North Metro Ice Show. He knew that. And I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, I'm here. I'm like, no, you're not. What do you want, Jason? I'm out front. Come out. And the dude's got an inflatable avocado. And he's in, he was in town for a, for a uh, costume event. Uh, for another fishing organization, and stopped out. And I kid you not, he was in an inf- only Jason Durham inflatable avocado. So our co-host Jason I just, Durham, I pictured never Jason a dull Durham moment. like up in Park Rapids, you know, like ice fishing by himself sometimes, right? You know, and just thinking of things like that. Like, oh. what am I going to wear to next year's uh, Halloween party down in the yeah. cities? An avocado. An avocado, because that's some one of my students brought in a bunch of avocados <laughs> today, and it made me think of it. Yeah. You know? But this is why he's the co-host of our podcast. Yeah, we thought about apps. We know the person. We know it should be. You saw him on episode one. He's got a heck of a cool story, and he's going to bring out the best stories in yep. every person he talks to. Guaranteed. Uh, absolute natural. And the look on people's faces when he walked through this venue yesterday, dresses an avocado. It matched the turf. Oh, never a dull moment. <laughs> so Jason Drum's got a lot of stuff planned. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're probably going to start wrapping up episode two here. we got a lot going on at the show that we're going to get back to and engage with these excited consumers and talk fishing. Super cool to talk to Jason, hear his yes. backstory. It is awesome to see someone that's not involved in ice fishing putting forth this kind of effort for ice fishing. Commendable. I think it's awesome. No, it's a labor of love. I can't imagine if you don't even do the sport. So kudos to Jason and his team here putting on this event. We talked to Ben and Steve from Ice Spy. That technology is in a league of its own. I'm excited to learn more about it, um, see more of it in person. We talked about doing some demos with them as they deploy some of these systems. Maybe we'll bring some of this uh, to some of our fans, probably not in a podcast, out in a boat, but some content that you might be able to see you as we check this out. Yeah, don't challenge us. We could get a pontoon out yeah. there. We'd have the whole thing happen on a pontoon. That going on. Uh, but uh, I don't know what else, Drew. Anything else we want to chat before we uh, send anybody um, on their way? No, I think we hit it all. Yeah. So, cool second yeah, episode. episode. We got two. a third we're going to film this week. We're not telling you about it yet. Uh, we and got a fourth. And a fourth lined up. Yep. And we got another one later lined up. We got a bunch. We got yep. some really good guests coming here. Now we're on. I think you're going to like. You can listen to the podcast on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Apple. Yep. So. And, and we try our best to share all the stuff on our ICE team. Social media pages, whether it's YouTube, yep. uh, Instagram. Uh, Facebook, it'll be on an email blast. It is on the iceteam.com website. You can go back and listen to past episodes. So if you missed episode one, hop on iceteam.com. It's yep. up there right now. You can listen to it, and we'll continue to list these yep. out as we as we release them. And if you have any topics you want us to cover, drop a comment on YouTube. Yeah. Seems like the best yeah. best place to see that 
comments yeah. and everything. So if you want something to addressed or someone on, we can do our best to knock on doors too and get somebody on here that you yep. want to listen to yep. and then go from there. So that's awesome, Drew. Awesome. Right, uh, I got to thank this guy a ton. I'm telling you what, um, my job for the podcast honestly is very easy. I just show up and I talk. Drew is literally the person that's doing all the work behind the scenes to bring it to all of you from setting this stuff up, making sure. I, I don't know what any of that does. Uh, I know there's a cool button that I push once in a while. Is it the green one? Yeah, push it. Yeah, I know where that. I know where that button's at. I've pushed it a few times. Fun, but he is literally setting this up, editing it, putting it all together, yeah. making sure it gets to the places. So, dude, man, Any, thank you so yeah, much complaints, for doing this. Talk to Matt. Not me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You can come my way. But Drew, thank you so much. Um, he'll probably appear on a few of these throughout the entire season. But just so you know, he's the guy making this all tick. So if you see Drew at a show or an event, give him a high five. Uh, make sure his cup's always full, and we'll keep going. So on behalf of Matt and Drew here for the second episode of the Ice Team Podcast, we're wrapping up from the North Metro Ice Show here in Ramsey, Minnesota, and we'll catch you next time.